Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Key Reese. And you're still in Queensland and I'm still here. 17 new cases today. Oh, God. Wales. No, we can't start every day with COVID chat. Can I say I'm actually in turmoil today around whether to interview my favourite actress who is playing my most hated movie role at the moment. So I'm, I'm just having to decide if I'm brave enough to do it or if I'm just going to pass it off. It's a whole turmoil for me. Okay, well, you've got to tell us who it is. So Anne Hathaway is playing... The Grand High Witch in the New Witches movie. <gasps> you know that is the only thing that terrifies me. And oh I'm supposed God. to interview her. I'm supposed to interview her, and I think for the first time ever, I'm going to have to say no to an interview. I can't no, do it. No, absolutely not. You're doing it. It's The Witches also. This is so iconic. It's not iconic. It's terrifying. That movie should never have been made. The remake shouldn't have been made. And I just what can't sit on a What do you mean the original should never zoop- have been made? Yes, because it's too scary for kids to watch. It traumatised a whole generation of kids, including me. And I cannot sit on a Zoom chat with Anne Hathaway and look her in the eye and have a polite conversation with her about this. This is so confusing to me because I loved that movie and I loved it as a kid. I was not terrified by it. Well, you, there's obviously something wrong with you because you should have been. Anyway... Well, in today's deep dive, we are discussing Erin Molan's recent 60 Minutes interview where she opens up about her decades-long cyberbullying and how she's now taking a stand against it. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, thanks to border closures, that is international and domestic RIP, LB, you and me in Sydney office together. That will never happen again, probably. Tourism Australia has been hit very hard, but author and entrepreneur Zoe Foster Blake and her very funny comedian partner Hamish Blake have been brought in to save the day. So the couple are now the faces of a new Tourism Australia campaign calling on Australians to holiday here this year. Now, there's a little bit of irony here because as our Melbourne spillers know, these two live in Melbourne, so they are locked down right now. But there is big money behind the campaign, around $7 million, and they spoke to Fitzy and Whipper about their roles this morning. We're very honoured to be part of the Tourism Australia campaign as we encourage all Australians. Now, we're well aware that uh, different parts of Australia are in different stages well aware. of yeah. being able mm-hmm. to do this. But when the time comes, for some people that is right now, for others it's on its way, yeah. to get out there, to holiday holiday here. We obviously can't go anywhere else, but this is the time to bring forward the trip that maybe you've been putting off for a few years or the place you'd always wondered and wanted to go to. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. Help the tourism industry yeah. bounce back. Help small businesses and those local operators bounce back. Yeah. And bloody have a great bloody holiday. Yeah, well said, mate, you bloody Australian. Okay, and that makes a little bit more sense now because when I first heard this news this morning that they were the new ambassadors for a tourism campaign, I was like, 
you guys can't leave your house along with the rest of Melbourne, who we are so aware is in hell right now, only be able to leave for a few hours a day and not being able to leave their neighbourhood. So it was a bit rich telling people to holiday. But on the other hand, as they're saying, the tourism industry has been hit so hard this year and so many people have lost their jobs and their businesses. And even though the borders are closed and like, for example, you and I can't holiday together, lots of people can holiday in their <laughs> states. So I do understand what they're saying. So in a bit of controversial Hollywood news, the best kind of news if you ask me, Gal Gadot is partnering with her Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins to play Cleopatra in a new blockbuster movie and the news has not gone down well. So since it was announced on Twitter that the movie was in production, a lot of people have been quite scathing of the casting and one of the reasons is that the role of Cleopatra has a very long history in Hollywood of being played by white actresses, most notably Elizabeth Taylor, then Vivian Leigh and recently Angela. Angelina Jolie was in talks to play the role and there was a lot of controversy there so she ended up dropping out and even though Gal Gadot is of Israeli descent there's a lot of talk that she is not Arab enough to play such an iconic character and also just the fact that Cleopatra is one of those characters in Hollywood that is always being recycled her story has been told over and over again and just this kind of fatigue that this is the movie that everyone is saying is going to save the Hollywood industry even though it's a story and a controversy we've heard so many times before. Yeah, I feel like this was the prime opportunity for them to cast someone really great in this role, like the first time in history, basically, for someone of that culture to play this role. And they just didn't do it. And I get it because Patty's directing it and they have a close relationship from Wonder Woman. But it seems like a missed opportunity for me. Well, on to some local movie news. So it's been announced that former Bachelorette Angie Kent, who was also starred on Gogglebox and Dancing with the Stars, has now been cast in this big new horror movie called The Possessed. And she's acting against probably Australia's kind of premier horror actor, John Jarrett, from the Wolf Creek franchise. So they did a big interview about the film on Studio 10 recently. And there's a surprising link to her Bachelorette time. My manager was like, would you like to audition for this film, Chris Sun's film? He's, he's amazing. They did Bore Together, these yeah. two, which is a we Chris did. film. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a red hot go. Probably won't get it. What did you channel to bring out that emotion? Every dude I dated on Bachelorette. Too soon? Ooh. No, no. The biggest and bestest burn I think I've ever heard. I know, because she's been so vocal about kind of calling out all the men on her season who then went on to Bachelor in Paradise and showed some very bad behaviour. So, um, yeah, that was hilarious. But also I think we have to acknowledge quickly the elephant in the room is that she's saying she hasn't acted before and she's saying she's going to give this a big hot crack and I can just picture all the Australian actresses around the country who have been out of work because production's been shut down for so long, just looking at that and thinking, oh, my God. I would kill for that job. But on the other hand, she said she had to audition, so we're going to hold any kind of you know thoughts on that until we see the movie. She's about to fly to Queensland to film and be in quarantine, so I guess she'll have plenty of time to work on her acting while she's in the hotel room locked away. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au.
A warning that this next segment contains discussions of suicide and may be triggering to some listeners. For 24-hour mental health crisis support, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. For more than a decade, Erin Molan has been abused and harassed by online trolls in her role as a rugby league presenter. And for years, she copped it. It was either that she was a woman, that she was ugly, that she looked like a slut, that she'd never played the game, and that she belonged in the kitchen. On Sunday's episode of 60 Minutes, Erin opened up about being threatened, her breaking point, and now about her leading the charge for change and tougher laws on cyberbullying. But I think it was honestly her talking about her breaking point that really showed that raw emotion and just how much the effect cyberbullying had had on her for the past decade. Exactly. And in this interview, which I think was quite difficult to watch, she talked about these really disturbing messages that kept coming to her when she was pregnant with her daughter, Eliza, who's now two years old. And this is really distressing to hear, but some of the messages read things like, I wish that she was stillborn, you die in the process, hip hip hooray. And that would have been triggering anyway, but her sister had recently given birth to a stillborn baby. And that was a really triggering thing for her because she just lived through that trauma and that pain with her family. And then it got to the the point where one night she started hearing loud noises and footsteps in her home. We were lying in bed and we were asleep. It was like 1 or 2 a.m. and it sounded like someone had, like a window had smashed or someone. It was just a massive big smash. And I thought, you know, that he'd come in and he was going to try and do what he was saying he was going to do to my baby. And that was kind of the moment where I thought, I can't do this anymore. So thankfully it just ended up being a shelf that fell off the wall, but that was really kind of the catalyst for her being like, I cannot take this any longer. And she went to police and really started to understand, even though the police were wonderful and helping her, that they really didn't have the jurisdiction to be able to prosecute someone because at that stage she didn't have enough messages from that perpetrator. Then she did end up getting more messages and thankfully that led to the man behind them or a father of young girls, which is just terrifying considering what he was saying, being charged and he did receive a suspended sentence. But it was really that, you know, her taking a stand and really understanding how limited she was in the criminal system to be able to actually get help really kind of ignited this fire within her to make a change. That was the real troubling thing watching this story is that at one side of the coin, it was very shocking. But on the other side, I felt like I'd heard this story so many times before from Australian women, particularly in the public eye, like even going back as far as Australian model and TV presenter Charlotte Dawson, who very sadly died by suicide in 2014. But even before that, she talked so much about the terrible online abuse that she'd received on Twitter and other platforms and the fact that no one had been able to help her or give her any assistance. And that that just built over time. And no matter how much she talked about it, there was no consequences for these people. And I remember after she so sadly passed away and so many people were having this conversation about online bullying, everyone was like, okay, this is the catalyst. Like, we're going to make changes. Something's got to happen. And now it's over six years later and we're still seeing this same narrative play out in the public. And it also reminded me of when you and I interviewed Abby Chatfield when she came off her season of The Bachelor. And she was getting horrific online trolling and abuse and she felt like people were following her. She said she couldn't go anywhere in her hometown of Brisbane, even with her friends. She was too scared to leave the house because these men in particular 
particular, and some women as well, it's men and women from all different places in life and background who do this, which is the horrifying thing. And when she came on to that interview with us, Key, like we could both hear her voice shaking and hear that fear that she was so scared to leave her house. And she said that she was having very suicidal thoughts for such a long time. And the police couldn't help her and no one can help her. And even, you know, we've seen it happen to an extent with lots of other different people on reality TV. Even people like Angie Ken has said to us before that she's copped a lot of abuse. Delta Goodrum said that she's gone through it as well. And the list goes on. I don't think you could find one woman in the public eye of Australia who hasn't gone through this. And it's just mind boggling to me that there's no way out of it for them. Well, yeah. And it seems like technology has evolved way quicker than legislation. But we've been in the state for a while now. I feel like the legislation has to come. And Erin herself has met with the Prime Minister to talk about changing this legislation. And that's kind of her motivation at the moment. But what actually put it into perspective and the timing, I mean, it was World Mental Health Day on Saturday and an episode on the podcast called Teenager Therapy was released and it had Meghan and Harry. So the Duke and Duchess of Sussex were on it. And something that really hit home to me, and I think it's perspective, right? Because we see all this coming on. We kind of live in a society where we've come to accept it because there are no real world repercussions for this stuff happening. But Meghan really put it into perspective when talking about public scrutiny and cyberbullying. I'm told that in 2019, I was the most trolled person in the entire world, male or female. Now, eight months of that, I wasn't even visible. I was on maternity leave or with a baby. But what was able to just be manufactured and churned out, it's almost unsurvivable. She goes on to say, you know, what that does to your mental and emotional health is so damaging. And she points out that even though that their experience is really unique to them and it can obviously seem very different to normal and regular people like us, she made a great point that it's still a human experience and that experience is universal and we all know what it's like to have our feelings hurt or be isolated or be othered. And that is so true. Like I think we tend to dismiss almost things that happen to celebrities in this way. And I know that I will always speak about this and be honest about it. Like when I first started this podcast, when I would pitch things, they would be salacious tabloidy things that were not backed up by any facts. And Laura Brodnick, you had to step in and say, hey, babe, that's actually defamation. And, you know, (laughs) we can't speak about people in that way. And it changed my perspective on things. But I think it was something I had to learn about and really understand that it isn't okay for this type of language to be used about people on the internet and people just saying, you know, I have the right to say whatever I want. It's kind of like, no, you don't actually. Like we're really missing that kind of empathy for people and there's a reason why being polite and well-mannered is taught to us at such a young age because it's helpful and it's nice. First of all, I don't think you can quite compare you liking a bit of celeb gossip to people who send death threats to other people on the internet. So that's just a very different thing. It's the same with people people with paparazzi photos or anything like that. It's Mm. that question of, is this a price that you just have to pay for these women, particularly in the spotlight? Like, is this the price you pay for fame or having a big job in the public eye or for having all the riches and support that someone like Meghan Markle has? And I don't think that's true. I think that obviously some caveats come with fame and some things that are hard to deal with come with being in a place of privilege. But I think putting death threats and like threats against your family in that basket is a completely wrong thing. And I've got lots of death threats over things I've written on the internet before. And it is that thing where you look at it and you think like, especially when I write about Game of Thrones, that really brings out the crazies. But you look at it, you think this person's probably not going to kill me. Like I'm sure they're just angry and they fight off an angry message. But when I'm alone in my apartment at night and you hear a noise, you do start thinking like, oh, 
there's people out there who have actually sent me these messages. And if I called the police and told them about it, they can't help me because it's just a faceless person on the internet. So I think it's something that we really need to make a change on because it's not going away. And I don't think we can expect women in the spotlight to keep copying this kind of abuse. Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the key points Erin was making in this interview is that being online is no longer a choice. We cannot avoid it anymore. You know, in the narrative that we're taught as a kid in regards to bullying saying, don't let it get to you. And that's the kind of thing that we've continued on now through into adulthood now with the, you know, invention of social media and just not letting it get to you is no longer an option when it's things like threats and violence and just even saying horrible things about someone's appearance. Like even that is should not be allowed. And I think that prosecution is definitely the way to go. And she's saying we need a deterrent. It's not going to clog up our courts and anything like that. It's a deterrent that will make people go, okay, no, if I do something like this, I could lose my job. I could be named and shamed. And that's an important takeaway. Exactly. And it's such an important topic. And to watch the full 60 Minutes interview, which is a really valid watch, we'll link that in our show notes. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. We hope you're having a great start to your week. We are going to say it again because it's such a fun time over in the old Facebook group. We've got one. It's called The Spill. you just got to search for us on Facebook. Come on over. Shoot us your recommendations, anything that you've been watching. We're a big group of people who are hungry for things to watch. This episode of The Spill was produced by Mel Zauer. We'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.